0: You see him come off the line of scrimmage with that little hop. Move off the line of scrimmage. Release off the line of scrimmage. Dick to the face mask as he's coming off the line of scrimmage. Watch him just
1: slow play this off the line of scrimmage. It's all the release off the line of scrimmage. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 90. On this episode, we're going to be hitting... Things that happened in week six, leading up into lead uh, week seven, and we're gonna be hitting the Thursday night game as usual, and you know just you know cutting up as per usual. You know I'm back. I know Welcome I back, held it. Da- Welcome back. I know <laughs> I held it down for your boy last week. Did a really good job. You know he's already been doing the solo shows with the waiver waiver wire show. So I appreciate you holding it down as I you know had to do my take care of the little one. So hey, I got I you. I appreciate that. You. I got you. But how you feeling today? I know we saw the Cowboys, you know, redeem themselves on Monday night in front of in front of everybody, in front of the ladies, the the fans, and whoever else that watches them. So how you feeling?
0: Yeah, it, it was it was a, it was a good game, good showing, good bounce back performance from the Cowboys offense. Now there's still problems with the Cowboys offense from a run blocking standpoint, running game standpoint. But you know, Dak Prescott put the team on his back. 312 of the 368 total yards he accounted for. So it was it was him. He he was the reason why we were able to even move the ball down the field. I called the the CD Lamb squeaky wheel game seven for one seventeen, was targeted early and often. So yeah, it was it was uh it was a good bounce back performance, and I, I liked I liked what I saw from from at least in in moments and spurts the passing game. But overall though, there's still problems with the offense in general from the standpoint of play calling. Dak Prescott saved Mike McCarthy. Routinely on Monday night, like it was it was it was evident, you know, he had to keep scrambling out of the pocket a lot of those static, you know, quick game set, you know, slants, things like that weren't weren't there and the offensive line wouldn't hold up that long enough. So there's still some things to talk about, you know, during the bye week. Thankfully, we need a break. We need a break from this team. <laughs> I'm glad we can glad they have a bye week in week seven. So, yeah, what, what, what are your general thoughts?
1: Yeah, you brought up CD, squeaky wheel game. It made sense. You know, all week they had been talking, to, you know, hyping up how, you know, Lamb was on the on the bench, not sitting by nobody. Of course, you're pissed because you're getting your, your butt beat in. So why would I be around anybody? You know, I mean, what do you expect when people, when somebody's losing, you know, in front of everybody on a big stage and you're not even getting the ball either? So it made sense. They did. They did kind of get away from him in the third quarter when when things were a little tight, but they they found him in the fourth when they needed him. You know, Dak Dak looked really good. He looked sharp. The offense, like you said, still looked like eh. You know, it could have been better. It could have been way more points. They remembered that Pollard can catch the ball. They got him involved in the passing game. Um, but yeah, that run game just you know for a Chargers defense that's not really that good at stopping the run. They stopped us from running the ball, so they. Hopefully they can figure that out in the bye week for sure. Defense, they did I mean they looked they look decent. They stopped the run.
0: They weren't able to really get to the quarterback until literally the last, yep.
1: The last play. To, the, the yep.
0: Last yep. two yep. plays of the game. It was it was a sack yep. and then it was another pressure forcing an interception. Yep. So when they needed to make a play, they made the play. So yeah, yep. good win, good, good momentum going into the, into the bye week. And speaking of the bye weeks, we have six teams on bye. Dallas, mm. Cincinnati, Tennessee, Jets, Carolina, and Houston. And so, a lot of those fantasy managers going to be feeling it a little bit this week, especially if you went week seven heavy. A lot of Cowboys, Mm -hmm. a lot of Bengals. I know, and I've seen teams across the leagues that we're in together that went pretty heavy on Cowboys, Bengals. Hmm. In 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 drafts, I'm
1: one of them. I'm I'm one of them. I have three of them just just empty.
0: Yeah, yeah. But before we like get into, you know, there's we got some injuries to talk about really quick. What was one thing that stood out to you from week six?
1: One thing that. Probably the quarterback play. Quarterback play was really – was was pretty poor this past weekend. You know, you had, you know, Minshew's spot start. He threw, like, four picks.
0: <laughs> Revenge
1: game. <laughs> Party, Party was just not good at all versus the Browns. But the Browns – that Browns defense is real. You know, we so saw – we saw P.J. Walker, you know, piece together a win, but he, overall he wasn't good. Josh Allen wasn't really good. Just, uh, yeah, just overall, it just wasn't really, it just wasn't really good. I mean, you had like Tua, Tua just showed up and showed out. But, you know, outside of that, I can't really, there's nothing just like, oh, my God, all these quarterbacks play well. Majority of them did not look good at all. So.
0: Yeah. Outside of the obvious injuries and just kind of piggyback on the point of bad quarterback play, that also kind of correlates to how low scoring week yep. six was. 12, yep. two and one to the under. All the unders hit except except for except for three games. So twelve and twelve, two and one for the unders, and for for the Sunday sl- Sunday slash Monday slate. So yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of sloppy football, a lot of penalty, you know, a lot of penalties. So it was a it was one of those weeks. It was reminiscent of Week One. Remember Week One back then, one of the lowest mm-hmm. touchdown totals in in, in years. Yep. Yep. So this one kind of mirrored that Week One uh, performance. And so hopefully we can we can get a little bit of a bounce back. Cause I know the following week we we saw nothing but touchdowns in week 2 so hopefully week 7 kind of mirrors that that tor- that sort of pattern but yeah we we got a lot of injuries i mean one of the biggest ones justin fields hand dislocated thumb it sucks man cuz he was he, he was on his way i know he he started started pretty poorly against the um against the against the vikings the vikings on he sunday was bad. he was he took four sacks and 14 dropbacks not good and then you know it turned a bad play into a worse play whenever he he took that last sack and and hurt his hand so that that's unfortunate he had just come off his two, the two best games of his career mm-hmm. and now he's you know he's gonna miss miss some time I think it's gonna be multi week absence when he whenever you have a dislocated thumb on your throwing hand it's never a good thing right it's never a good thing you're gonna have to you, your your grip is is one of the most important things as a quarterback and if you don't have a if you don't have adequate grip strength you're gonna be you're gonna be you're gonna be throwing picks left and right, throwing ground balls, one hoppers, you name it. <laughs> so, so yeah, I I'm 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 sad for that Justin Fields injury because this this injury could keep him out a while, and his future as a Chicago Bears quarterback is up yep. in the air. It's mm-hmm. gonna be up in the air. So the the Bears what they're one in five right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, they projected to have the number one and number two pick.
0: Yeah, like we predict like we we, we speculated and, and, and saw a couple of weeks ago before the Commanders game. So if they could keep losing, they got their backup quarterback in. Now they play the Raiders, but the Raiders they just beat the they just they beat somebody right. They beat somebody. I think they're on a two game winning streak as a matter of fact. Yep, they are. So I one in, they're staring down the hole, but one in six started, and I don't know, man. It, it's it's looking very bleak for that Chicago offense.
1: We saw CMC and Debo. Both go out the game versus the Browns. They're projecting that both of them should be able to play on Monday night. But, you know, as we get closer, make sure you tap into Jeff Mueller's pod on Destination Devi Network. He comes out with the injury pod that comes out on Sunday morning. So make sure you tap in with that. It's going to be a little tricky because they do play on Monday night. But make sure you tap in that. He'll get you more insight on p- particularly those injuries because he's a San Francisco fan. So,
0: yep, yep. So uh, and then. Your your boy David Montgomery rib <sighs> injury. I know you have a lot of him and an underdog a and seasonal. A lot. That that's unfortunate. He's. I mean, I think it's a, probably a one game absence at, at 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 worst. Hopefully, I mean, I think that's sort of the speculation or the sense that I'm getting because he his injury was weird. He fell on the football. He fell really hard on the football. I think that was the injury that he sustained, and so I don't foresee that keeping him out for an extended period of time. So obviously that means Craig Reynolds is going to get get work. Jameer Gibbs, if he's back, he's going to get work. Now we haven't seen him practice in a couple of weeks, so we don't even know how healthy he really is. So that's going to be one thing to monitor for for that. And then we'll, we have we have Trevor Lawrence for the Jags. We'll, we'll get to that game a little bit later. He has that knee sprain, so we'll see what we'll see what it we'll see what it looks like um, from a practice participation standpoint for for Trevor yeah. Lawrence.
1: Right before we get to burning questions, just want to also make sure that the other teams that are on by besides Dallas and Cincinnati is is Tennessee, the Jets, Carolina, and Houston. So make sure you, as we get ready for the waiver wire, right, make sure you just you know pay attention to those. Also
0: make those claims. We're recording this on a, on, a, on a Tuesday night. We're recording this on a Tuesday night. So hopefully by the time this this pod comes out, you guys got some of those got some of those players that we that we outlined on the, on the waiver show. So yeah.
1: And some of those other jag running backs that all of a sudden just start popping up, there getting signed. So it's gonna be it's gonna be real messy trying to figure out those situations. Honestly,
0: <laughs> the the the, uh, the Packers signed James Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I, I saw that notification. I just laughed because I'm like, that's that's I feel like that's an AJ that's more so of an AJ Dillon type of indictment than than it is Aaron Jones' health. I think Aaron Jones probably has had more time to heal from that hamstring injury since week one. I, I find it hard to believe that. Aaron Jones is still feeling the lingering effects of that hamstring injury after week one. So I, I think he's he he might be closer to hundred percent now since he had the bye week to heal. I think he might have had a small setback prior to the week five game or the week four game where he was yep. ruled out. And so I think that thing I think that James Robinson signing is more an indictment on A.J. Dillon because he's just been so bad this year. It's been so bad. They haven't gotten anything from the run game while Aaron Jones has been out. So they're just. I think he's signed as more so, in maybe an insurance policy. And if he's if he's out there, if he gets elevated from the practice squad, elevated to the elevated to the fifty three, he may get some run. He may get some run because again, they they gotta find something. Especially if Aaron Jones, if let's say if he's if he misses some time, misses more time, you're gonna have to get him in the game because we the, the Packers running game they need something. They they need a yep. spark.
1: Yeah, they need something, and I'm sure they don't want to see Jordan Love throw the ball as many times as he has. As you see, he's just he's turning the ball over. That luck that we talked about a few weeks ago is now turned the other side, so I'm sure they're going to be wanting to get the run game going for sure to help him out. All right, burning questions for the week. The first game I want to talk about is Detroit at Baltimore. Baltimore is favored by 2.5, half, half over under, which is this one is uh, one of the higher games. Game totals of the week. This this week is very low. There's a lot of under forty game totals. So this is one of those ones where, uh, even though you would deem this as being you know, kind of average, this one is actually on the higher end this week. So the question I have is, can Lamar be great versus this defense? We've seen Lamar kind of struggle. You know, this year we we thought this offense was going to be humming with you know with Todd Munkin coming in and you know revamping the the once incumbent of Greg Roman, but it really hasn't really turned into anything yet. So what are your thoughts about, you know, Lamar versus Detroit?
0: It's going to be a tough matchup. But I, think, I think the perception that we've had over the last several years is that Detroit is a very beautiful defense. And I think maybe in some areas they still may be, but in terms of this year, they've been pretty stout. They've been, they, they've been, they, they've made some, a lot of, a lot of teams look kind of ordinary. Look, look pretty ordinary. Shutting down teams and look, they're they're, they're top ten in, in EPA per play on defense. So that they're they're they've been doing pretty well uh, for the most part this year. And I, I know I know Lamar Jackson in the, in that Ravens passing game. They had a better they had a little bit of a better showing against Tennessee. Tennessee's defense isn't nothing to write home about. They're 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 a pretty easy matchup for for wide receivers and pass and passers through the air. But man, I, I feel like they, they 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 left a lot to be desired even in that game. And the Lions' defense—they've been pretty stifling most of the season. I, I, I'm curious to see like how this wide receiver room performs because they're going to need they're going to need Zay Flowers, they're going to need Rashad Bateman, who's been pretty much invisible all season long, and Odell Beckham to stop you know getting in and out of the lineup to to, to make this you know to, to make this defense work because a lot of a lot of teams have had have had their struggles against uh, the, the Lions so far this year.
1: Uh, you forgot the name Nelson Aguilar, who's been basically their second best wide receiver uh, this season that, so far.
0: That, that is a true statement,
1: <laughs> and that's and that's an indictment on those guys that we just mentioned because we thought these guys were going to be, you know, the the ones leading the pack, and they're the ones in the back, you know, looking at a rookie and a jag, you know, take over the wide receiver It's it's weird.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll we'll see how that plays out. But next game, I want to talk about really quick. Pittsburgh at the Rams. The Rams are three and a half point favorites, 42 and a half over under. Pittsburgh's coming off of the bye. Yep, in, in Pittsburgh, they're actually they may get Deontay Johnson back. He, I think he's scheduled to return from IR. He missed the last like four or five games due to that hamstring injury, so hopefully he can he can be healthy. They, they they did say he's scheduled to practice this week. So that's the one thing that I'm looking at. to see how he's you know he's you know deployed given that long layoff. I know we've seen George Pickens try to take over that number 1 wide receiver role. He's done he's he's had he's had some good games, he's had some bad games, somewhere in between. And so he's 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 been a pretty good option for for Kenny Pickett, but overall that offense so most Steelers fans would agree that Matt Canada has, has got to go. There's no creativity there. <laughs> and I think they're going on 30 40 consecutive games without having at least 400 yards of offense. So that that is Obviously not good. We've seen Jalen Warren outproduce Najee Harris for the for five straight weeks going into the bye. When I said it before the season that it, that you know in my, in the bowl prediction show that Jalen Warren could potentially outproduce Najee Harris, there was there was a lot of valid reasons behind that. A lot of the efficiency metrics, you know, miss tack, tackles force per touch, yards per touch, you literally you name it. Most of the most of the the efficiency metrics that matter for running backs. Jalen Warren was better, so that that's another that's another another layer to this offense that we that we that we that we're, that we're curious to see. But what do you what do you have on the Rams side though?
1: Can Pittsburgh stop Cup? You know, Pittsburgh has allowed the second most fantasy points to the slot wide receiver for the season, and in the last two games, they've allowed thirty one point one fantasy points to the slot receiver, which is also still second most. So just whoever's cup is mainly in the slot and he's as usual since he's came back from the injury. So I'm not sure what Pittsburgh's going to do to slow him down, but giving up 30 points to a slot, slot wide receivers per game is that's a, that's wild. That's, that's a wild stat. And then just to go back to, you know, the, the Rams being favored, I didn't realize they're favored by three and a half. That's I'm like, dang, they, they're, getting a, they're getting a lot of, uh, a lot of grace from, from Vegas, but I mean, we'll see it. As we get closer to see if you know DJ moves that line closer to three, maybe two and a half. But yeah, I want to see if, if what Pit's gonna do versus Cup because Cup is let, killing. Let
0: me let me double check that because it 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 does look weird. So the Rams are three point home favorites, it was three and a half in some spots, mostly three across the board. So just you know the usual home field advantage.
1: Yeah, yeah, but to me, I'm still a little surprised because I I think I would have thought this would be a pick'em. I thought these teams would be. Pretty evenly matched, especially with the who who knows what they're going to put out in terms of the backfield for for the Rams. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue it. I just thought three and a half was like, wait, wait, wait a second, what are we doing here?
0: But, yeah, I, I, like when I, when I, yeah, and just just further validating it. Like, a I'm I'm probably going to bet the Steelers money line <laughs> because they have they have the better defense and they can hang around in games. I know they look pr- pretty pretty bad against the Houston Texans before the bye week, but. I like I like the Steelers in this game outright. So I'll be I will definitely be betting the money line.
1: <laughs> All right, next game I want to talk about is Arizona at Seattle divisional game. Seattle's favored by eight forty six total game total. My question is, can Geno get this offense going in a get right spot? I know this game has usually been a tricky one for for Seattle, especially when they're at home versus Carolina. I mean, not Carolina versus the Cardinals, but you know Gino I don't know if he's turned back into a pumpkin because this offense just doesn't look like it did last year. Team was throwing all over the place last year, this year twenty 27th in pass attempts this year. So I don't know what's going on, but w- what are your thoughts about, you know, Gino and this offense versus this Carolina, this Cardinals defense?
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it should serve as, you know, the ultimate get right spot for the, for the, for the Seahawks defense. But I want to talk about DK Metcalf because he hasn't, eclipse 15 he has an average 15 plus fantasy points per game over the past two seasons it, i don't know man there, there's 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 something going on with DK metcalf because he the last game he had a couple of boneheaded penalties his mm-hmm. body language you know, his body language when after he, did not, after he had, didn't get the ball now granted i was watching nfl red zone whenever some of those plays were going on and Geno smith looked like he was just blind like DK Metcalf was wide open on a couple of plays, and he 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 had he looked he was justifiably angry, justifiably frustrated that he wasn't getting the ball. And yeah, there's 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 issues with this offense that we're that we're not paying too much attention to right now, but we probably need to be locked you know more locked in, uh to you know to to this to how dysfunctional this offense looks.
1: Yes, I was watching it. I had one, so I had a Sunday ticket. So this was one of the games that I had on the on the quad box on on YouTube. Same, shameless plug, but <laughs> but Gino was like DK was mad because he wasn't getting the ball. There was a couple of deep shots where he was open. He just didn't just didn't throw it, like you say. He looked like he was blind. And you know, one of them that he didn't get, he just kind of waved off somebody and just walked off. So I don't know what's going on with DK right now, but rightfully so. I mean, Geno's 23rd in fantasy points per game right now as a quarterback. DK and Lockett are outside the top 35 in fantasy points per game. Egregious. And then you got JSN, who's not even, I mean, he might as well not even be on the field at all because he'd be doing about the same output than he would on the field, even though this last game versus Cincinnati was his his best game of the season, best year of his career so far. And that was only like four for like forty-eight. So, just offense overall, passing offense has looked very, very poor. Uh, hopefully, he can figure it out because he's looking real pumpkin, pumpkin-ish right now.
0: Yeah, he 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 definitely is. But I but back to back to JSN. Like I think he, like you mentioned, he had I think he had his um, his his highest. I want to say his highest route participation of the season. I think it was yep. eighty-nine, eighty-nine percent. So before that, it was seventy-five. Before that, it was sixty-three. And so he actually equaled Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf in routes run. And so if for some reason JSN was dropped in, in leagues, he's, he's definitely worth a pickup because, you know, he's, he's getting a lot more playing time and they're starting to kind of ramp him up and we're starting to see a little, some small glimpses of that, you know, cliche and, and, and proverbial post, post-buy rookie bump or what, what have you so we probably need need a couple more weeks of that to for for that to really really materialize
1: yeah that target share is still at like 14 percent. so you know the routes are coming up but the target the targets per route run the targets are just not still not going up but i mean like you say you can pick him up and stash him and, and, and wait a few more weeks hopefully i mean i've been holding him on my roster for this whole time and just been itching to, to drop him but I'm glad you mentioned that. So now, give me a little more patience again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and just really quick, the the next game that I want to talk about, the Chargers, who we just saw Monday night, go to Kansas City. It's always a good game, always a high scoring game. Fifty and a half point over under. So that I think the second highest total of the week. Yep. Kansas City's a five and a half point favorite. So talk about Justin Herbert. He was missing a lot of open throws on Monday night. A lot of open throws had Keenan Allen wide open multiple times. Mm-hmm. So that that part of it's concerning. And the Cowboys weren't really getting home. I mean, I know they had a, a high pressure rate, but they weren't. They didn't. that didn't lead to any sacks. Nope. Justin Herbert was just kind of misfiring on on a lot of these passes. But with regards to Justin Herbert on the road, he's played really, really well against Kansas City throughout his career. Thirty four points. Thirty two points. And twenty seven point eight points, and that was, and that last one was was last season. So he plays pretty well against the Chiefs. So I think we can we can probably have a, a similar showing. You know, we'll we'll have him throwing. You know, peppering Keenan Allen with targets. Keenan Allen another eleven target, eleven plus target game on Monday night. So he's he remains the number one. And then we saw Josh Palmer get some targets as well. He had finished with sixty yards on four catches. So it looks like those two are the primary, the, the primary receivers in the passing game and and. Well, we obviously have Austin Eckler, who's 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 a who's another dangerous receiver out of the backfield, but they need another guy to step up, and obviously that's not Quentin Johnston. Zero zero catches on two targets. Right, um, ha- his playing time was increased with Mike Williams going down to, for that ACL injury. Haven't seen anything from Quentin Johnston yet. The tight ends yelled ever, and we caught the touchdown, but he's still there's still a lack of production We're there.
1: Dropping balls. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like. Like you said about Quentin Johnston, he he only ran forty eight percent, forty eight percent of the routes this past on um, Monday. Like you said, three, you know, two targets, nothing to show for. You. He was just out there wind sprints and blocking. So if you have him, then I mean you can drop him if you want to. But it looks like it's it's Josh Palmer, Keenan Allen, and and Austin Eckler for them. Uh, one thing about KC, I'm still worried about KC in terms of wide receivers. Nobody knows who. Who to be who's the guy but it looks like it's going to be Rashid Rice. he he's been he's been trending up these these past few weeks and as you can see mbs is just just there just to be there he's just a veteran veteran body just to take up space sky moore has been a nothing burger basically uh we still seeing kendarius tony you know getting a lot of targets on you know, a low percentage of, of routes ran and, you know, just participation period. I'm not sure how you can, you know, rely on that really. Just that that KC offense still looks a little off, even though they're winning games, they're squeaking by games, but just, just still not feeling too confident about that offense right now. But I will say Pacheco is being a lot more, you know, used in the passing game, which has been a really good bright spot for them. So
0: yeah, he's 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 closer to 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 a bell count and every down back almost because you yeah. know, like you mentioned, his his usage in the passing game was something that we didn't foresee. That's not how he was who how he was used last year, but he's he's been using that role this year, and he's doing pretty pretty well, doing pretty well. So, yeah. T- just last 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 thing on the receivers though, it is it is Rasheed Rice. I think it is Rasheed Rice. I know yeah. that MVS and and Sky Moore are running more routes than him, playing more than him, but I think as the time goes on, that will change. We'll, we will see Rasheed Rice running the running the majority of the routes and getting the targets, and getting the opportunities, because he's already, you know, from um, on Thursday night, he had four catches, and no other Kansas City receiver had more than two, so that, that, I think that he, I think he's trending up to be the number one on that team, and I'm excited to kind of see how the remainder of this, this year plays out for him.
1: Yep, and the last game we want to talk about is the Sunday night game. This should be, this definitely should be a banger. This is, Uh, You know, basically the two best teams in the league or one, two of the best. Let me not say the two best, two of the best highest game total of the slate is Philly at home versus Miami. Philly's a two and a half point favorite. And I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of things you could talk about this one. You got, you know, Miami was on a historic run offensively. We got Tyreek on a record pace to break 2000, shatter 2000, I think this past week. He, he uh, averaged 6.79 yards per route run <laughs> on only 24 snaps as a wide receiver. Can you even – dude, this, oh, my gosh, bro. This, do, this don't – that don't even make sense. How you run almost 7 yards per route run and you only, you only ran a route on 24 snaps?
0: He, he's, he is literally the equivalent of a created player <laughs> with 99 everything. The only thing that they didn't turn the dial up on was his height. <laughs> he is as close to a created player as possible. It's just unfair. It's unfair. He's on, he's on pace for 120 catches, 2,300 yards receiving, and 17 touchdowns. 17 Like, what, what, what else is there to talk about? I think whenever, whenever a guy is on this kind of heater and all this kind of run, you just need to expect fireworks every single week. Every single week. He has four games already in this early part of the season of 150 plus yards receiving and/or a touchdown. Four mm-hmm. out of the first six games, he's already done that. And so, crazy, yeah. But crazy. that's one. But that's one passing offense that's doing well. But the Eagles' passing offense, they've been they've been hit or miss. They've been hit or miss. The I, one I,
1: guy that's been smashing is is AJ Brown. I think he's on what four games in a row, 125. Yep, Or is it three? Yeah. It's four, four? It's
0: four games in a row for he's that's that's the most in the in team history Four 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 yep. four straight games of over 120 plus 125 plus yards. And since that week two sideline discussion between A.J. <laughs> Brown and Jalen Hurts.
1: Discussion.
0: Discussion. <laughs> I mean, and A.J. Brown, he did come out and say it was just it was just kind yeah. of a, it was it was a talk and the media wants to spin it as oh, he just wants targets. He wants the ball. Yeah. That's the narrative that they want people to run with. But it was it was it was a lot deeper than that because they're best friends. They actually have a re- a real relationship off of the field. But since that time, since that com- that 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 discussion, AJ Brown is fantasy's wide receiver four, with twenty five fantasy points per game. But one guy that we have been pretty high on is suffering as a result. Devontae Smith, he's mm. fantasy's wide receiver fifty four at eight point two points per game. Now. I will say this last game, Devontae Smith did get 11 targets. So Jalen Hurts was trying to get him involved, trying to get him in the action, but unfortunately didn't, didn't, didn't lead to much. He had two costly drops late in the game that could have definitely helped them seal it. Mm-hmm. So that, that, the, the biggest thing that I'm looking at, obviously we're going we're gonna to see a lot of points. At least that's the hope, right? Based on how these two teams operate. But the one thing I want to see is how Devontae Smith could potentially get on track. Get back on track. So I, yeah. we, we know all the attention's gonna be on AJ Brown and and and, and Jalen Hurts, occasional touch pushes, DeAndre Swift in the run game, who's been phenomenal, dominating Kenny Gainwell. But we wanna see Devontae Smith get back on track. That's that's the one thing that I'm looking looking at in this game.
1: Yeah, and the one thing for me is who's gonna win the who's gonna win the O line, D line matchups because both these teams like to run the ball. They're they're both wanna both you know, tops in the league in terms of uh, rush per game and just rushing offenses. So it should be very interesting to see which one of these teams can win the trenches because they want to run the ball. So that's one thing I want to see or want to pay attention to in this game.
0: Yep. All right. So with that, we'll shift gears to our favorite matchups or the matchups that we like and don't like for the week. First one, we talked briefly touched on this game already, but the, the Seahawks wide receivers versus the Cardinals. Again, smash spot. Ultimately, get right spot. We just saw the the Cardinals get ravaged by Cooper Cup, it's eight you know it's eight you know seven catches, 148 yards, and a touchdown. In the previous week, we took we we saw what Jamar Chase did to them. So he gets DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and JSN that trio. The Cardinals, the Cardinals, they build up the most fan, giving up the most fantasy points, most receptions, and highest catch rate to slot wide receivers over the last three weeks. So any anyone who's playing in the slot, you're about to eat. Anyone who's playing on the outside, you're going to eat. You know, they have the third highest EPA per pass allowed. So they have not been good in the secondary most of the season. And this should be another get-right spot for the Seahawks wide receivers who have ultimately, you know, for the most part, they have underwhelmed this season. They have they have underwhelmed this season. But this could be I, – I always talk about this. Whenever you see a favorable team, you use that as a get-right spot. You use that as a launching off point for – you know to kind of shape the rest of your season. So I think this is that that starting point and that reset button for the Seahawks offense and wide receivers.
1: And for me, it's the tight end. So Baltimore, Mark Andrews versus the Detroit Lions favorable matchup. They don't really cover the tight end well. We've kind of seen Andrews kind of be hit or miss this season, but this is a potential get right spot versus this Detroit Lions. You know, linebacker core that doesn't really cover the the tight very well. They've given up the six most fantasy points to Titans per game, and the third most receptions to Titans per game. So it should be very interesting to see if we can, you know, get you know get a squeak wheel game for for Andrews and get it get it going again.
0: Yeah, he had a very nice sixty nine yards receiving in London against the Titans. So that that could be some momentum building for for Andrews in that passing game. But yeah, that's. That, that, is, that is a good one, the spot. But staying in that same game, on the unfavorable side, I don't like any of the Baltimore running backs against Detroit. Gus mm-hmm. Edwards, Justice Hill, Keaton Mitchell, they need to be on the bench. I know we have six teams on by, and you're probably down a lot of players, plus injuries, and if you have to start any of them, good luck. Hold your nose, look away, but, but again, good luck. The Detroit Lions, they've only given up 5.6 fantasy points to running backs over the last three games. And 11.8 for the season. And so, and that's all, that's that's on average. Eleven point eight points uh per game on the season. So it's mm, it, it's gonna be a tough, it's gonna be tough sledding for for that Ravens running game. And we're gonna see we're gonna have to see a lot of Lamar Jackson play play some hero ball and rely on his wide receivers who have ultimately disappointed so far um in, in twenty twenty
1: three. And the up ever matchup for me is Gardner Minshew versus Cleveland. Hopefully you don't have to. You're not in a bind where you have to start them because Cleveland's defense is, like we said, is is pretty much one of the best in the league for sure. You just saw what they did to to Brock Purdy. They are minus .25 EPA per play, which is best in the league and it's not close. Hmm. They've also allowed eleven point two fantasy points to quarterbacks per game, which is third lowest, and forty two point eight passing fantasy points for the season. That's the lowest in the league. So if you're in a quarterback bind. Don't start Gardner Minshew because he's not going to be the guy you want to rely on. And we just saw him throw four picks this past week. So yikes, go elsewhere. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last but not least, let's get into the Thursday night football game. We got the Jags at New Orleans at the at the dome, the place that where people you know, go to die because it's a very tough place to play at. We got New Orleans uh, minus one. So Vegas. Really doesn't believe in the ja- uh in New Orleans, even even with the with the news that that Trevor Lawrence might not play, they still don't really believe in New Orleans. And this is a thirty nine and a half point total, which has been going down since the since the news of Trevor. So uh, they're not expecting too much happening in this Thursday night game, which is on par with how Thursday night games go. And I want to talk about the Saints first. Uh, we got the Saints there dealing with some O line injuries, which is an already below average unit. For the season so far especially the the left side has been really bad this year for for Derek Carr and they're in a negative matchup versus the Jack Z line too so which is probably why which leads into AK-41 you know you know smashing primarily as a receiver since he's came back we see seen him score 19.2 fantasy points per game which is tied for fifth with Travis Etienne he's getting 8.3 targets. As a running back, which is first, almost eight receptions per game, which is first for running back. So he just, like I said, he's smashing in the passing game. And you mix that with Derek Carr being very, very, very mid mm. this year. And we've seen him not really – we saw him his first game back. We saw Derek Carr not even, you know, throw the ball past 10 yards. He couldn't throw the ball out because of his shoulder injury. But the two games that Derek Carr has played at home, he's only averaged just, just below 10 points. 10 fantasy points, which is 31st out of 32 qualifying quarterbacks at home. Uh, I mean, you gotta be, you gotta be trash to do something like that. At home, you're getting your home cooking and you can't even you can't even muster up 10 points per game. Like how are you how are you going how can you support wide receivers if you can't even we can't even depend on you at home. He doesn't even have a pass catcher that's over two point two yards per route run. That's how bad he's been for his wide receivers. Even though before the season, we could have sworn that Derek Carr would have been an upgrade because he's, you know, the deep ball guy. You got Shaheed and Olave. There are deep ball threats, and you can't even you can't even supply your wide receivers accordingly. We we got Olave, who's wide receiver 21 this season so far. He accounts for New Orleans 40% of their team air yards so far this season, uh, which is one of the tops in the league. He's uh, top 15 in targets, receiving yards and receptions, which is, you know, for uh for him. I mean, this is something we foresaw. We wanted him to t- kind of take that step forward. You know, the per- the peripherals are kind of there, but again, his his quarterback is, is kind of letting him down in, in uh, not really predict- <laughs> and not not doing his due diligence to to you know, get him in that top ten, top ten area where where we, you know, foresaw him and where we drafted him before the season started, uh, we got Mike Mike T. He's came back, and you know, Mr. Slant Boy, he's been he's been lined up a lot more in the on the outside than in the slot this year. He's he's lined up almost sixty seven percent of the time in the in the, on the outside, which is the most on the team. Which leads us to that is the weakness for the Jaguars is is wide receivers that line up on the outside the Jags have given up the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers line up on the outside so this is a target play mike t with confidence versus his team and then the last player that i want to talk about is rashid rashid shaheed he's ninth in the league in a dot again i know we talked about this before that Derek Carr should should be able to you know support high a dot type players like alabe and shaheed which is you know kind of done you know again like i said Derek Carr isn't really been good at all this offense should be better than what it is so
0: yeah a couple of notes on Derek Carr according to a tweet from from D bro shout out D bro fantasy pros he he posted a, a wild Derek Carr stat he ranks second in deep ball throw rate this season but he's also second in checkdown rate so he'll he'll give you the the, the the very best he'll give you the very top and the very bottom so like it's it, it's really that that's he it's it's all or nothing right it's all or nothing for him That that's what you're gonna get out of Derek Carr, and and it's it pretty much shows because he sucks in the red zone. If you want to talk about other teams, (laughs) if you want to talk about other you know other teams red zone woes, look no further than Derek Carr. I mean, just look (laughs) at this trend from 2020, He was ranked 16th, 2021, 23rd, 2022, 26th, and then this year he's ranked he ranked 28th in red zone passing. So you 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 tell me what the problem is. (laughs) You tell me what the what the pattern is. Derek Carr is mid as he's as mid as it gets. And so if you can't, if you can't play well at home in the dome, uh, you know, a very, very controlled environment, then you you've you've got bigger problems. You've got bigger, bigger problems. All right, so on to the Jags, the Jags side. The the biggest the biggest thing here we want to see that we're that we're gonna be looking at is the the defensive line. The Saints they have a defensive line advantage over the Jags offensive line. And that doesn't bode well for Travis Etienne because Travis Etienne has been balling out of control this year. He's the RB, I think he's RB3 overall right now in fantasy. Twenty touches per game, and he's headed towards, you know, an RB one season. So most most players who who average around 20 touches a game, they do they just they they just they sleepwalk. They sleepwalk into an RB one season. So I think that's where Travis Etienne is, is headed. Um but in regarding New Orleans' run defense, they've been very tough. They're third in EPA per rush allowed, and they're third in EPA per play overall on defense. And so they, I know they, 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 they caused CJ Stroud to throw his first interception, but they also shut down the run game. Damian Pierce, another, another bad showing last week. And that was one of our unfavorable matchups that we wanted you guys to avoid and fade. But at least, but in this matchup, I don't think we can fade Etienne because he's getting so much volume, getting so much work and opportunity. He may get a lot of checkdowns. He may get a lot of dump offs, and especially with the less than one hundred percent Trevor Lawrence, who said that he's optimistic that he'll play. I, I think I think Travis Etienne, he'll still he'll still finish as at least at least a mid a mid tier QB uh, RB two, and and maybe and maybe you know crack crack the the, the, the RB one uh, threshold. So that that's I mean that's basically it from this from this from this, from the Jacksonville side. I mean we've seen you know Calvin Ridley disappoint three out of the, three out of the last five games. He's had seven or less fantasy points despite having some you know he, he's had some d- decent targets here. I know last week he had eight eight targets, but it, it, it's it's been pretty frustrating if, if you're a Calvin Ridley fantasy manager. And he's probably going to be shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore, which means it's going to open up more for Christian Kirk. Don't know if Zay Jones is going to be make his return from injury. By all accounts, I don't foresee that happening, but we'll we'll see what happens come kickoff and when the inactives list is released. But yeah, I, I like Etn and, and I like Christian Kirk and I like Evan Ingram, but I'm I'm a little iffy on Calvin Ridley. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I feel about the same, and this is definitely dependent on Trevor Lawrence playing. We have to see C.J. Beathard then. I I don't know about <laughs> any of these guys. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, if we had to see CJ Beathard on the Saints side, I mean, I like MT, I like Alava I like AK forty one. You know, in deeper leagues you can play Shahid, but outside of that, I don't really trust anybody else. I'm not playing any of the tight ends. Just oh, a bunch of guys.
0: That's a, that's another that's another good note. Go ahead. <sighs> we 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 got to we got to do it, man. We got to talk about it. We at least got to talk
1: about it. Okay.
0: Last week, we saw Taysom Hill, seven catches, 41 yards, and eight targets. Jawan Johnson has not played since week four, and he did not practice today. And again, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Chances are that he's probably not going to be active on Thursday night. If mm-hmm. I were to guess, if you need like a desperation play at tight end, would you consider Taysom Hill?
1: I would oh, – yeah, I would. I would. I mean, you got a bunch of buys. I mean, what what else you got to lose, man? Like, there's nothing – what else is out there? There's really nothing else. Like, look at all the players that you, you can kind of just go through a list of players that you've played and you're just like, I didn't get nothing from this guy. I didn't get nothing for George Kittle. I didn't, I didn't get anything from Zach Ertz. I didn't get anything from Logan Thomas. I didn't get anything for Hunter Henry. I didn't get nothing for Higby. I didn't get nothing from Conklin. I just can keep going. Yeah. So what else do you got to lose?
0: Yeah. I mean, he could get carries. He may even get a couple of gadget throws. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's 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 far worse that you can do at tight end. We've seen we've seen the very very worst uh, at tight end this year. So if I if I'm in a pinch, if I don't have a tight end that I can trust, because most of most fantasy managers. Are in leagues where they don't trust their tight <laughs> end. <laughs> I mean, it is not the worst idea in the world to 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 put Taysom Hill out there. It's just it's nah. not.
1: It's not. Nah. No, I mean, he, he he has a chance to give you some juice. They're gonna be at home. They're gonna be riled up. You might you might see a trick play. Him. He's gonna get. It. He might even get it some red zone carries. Man, like you see, gross it. though. It's so gross. It is. So it gross. is. It is. I understand. I understand. Trust me. Yeah. All right. So we are at the end of the show. Thank God. Um, Thank
0: God we can stop yeah. talking about him. Stop talking about Casey
1: We at the end of the show. Make sure you tap into everything that we have. You know, going on DestinationDebbie.com where you can find my article talking about start sits. You can talk. You can see. You know, the tectonic transactions from from Scott Conner. You can see all the other other things that we're posting on there. D- dynasty, you know, trades, just dynasty waiver pickups, just anything that you can think of, and and on top of the tools that we're offering to the site. Make sure you tap tap in with that. Check that out. Make sure you tap into the Destination debbie Radio Network for all the podcasts that we're dropping almost on a daily basis where you getting ready for the week and 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 whatnot. Ike, you got anything else that we need to talk about? I don't got anything else.
0: No, I mean, and we well, um We'll we'll talk about some some props as the week progresses. It's a little early in the week. I know we we it's good to get to lock in lines early in the week, but there's just there's a, there's there's props that we're just we don't like right now, and it's too early to for for some players that we're targeting. So we'll we'll get those props out to you guys sometime later on this week, going into the weekend, and we'll 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 continue to bring those back and start tracking those again.
1: Oh yeah yeah definitely do that. Make sure you tap into us on on Twitter or X at Off the Line FF. You can follow me at FantasyGenius G E N E S and Ike at Just Underscore Ike09. Until next week, make sure y'all get really grimy with the, you know, your fantasy pickups. Hopefully, y'all did. I know it's gonna it's gonna be gross this week with all these all these uh inactives because of bye weeks, but make sure you get really nasty, grimy in the waiver wire as we you know start trying to get ready for this playoff push and get some W's I know for me I need him in in our home league so I'm desperate I need something
0: I am too I'm not desperate but I do I definitely need wins
1: you're desperate (laughs) I'm desperate (laughs) (laughs) until then we'll holler at y'all all right peace out